Welcome to the We Invested Podcast, where we teach you how to save and make more cash. I'm your host, Wesley Earp, and this is Season 4, Episode 45. And on this episode, we sit down with Antoine Campbell, the founder and CEO of the Antoine Campbell Enterprise, along with many other companies. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's do it. Today on the We Invested Podcast, we have Antoine Campbell, and he is the founder of Antoine Campbell Enterprise, Antoine Campbell University, ProspectVault.io, and EcomPlug. Antoine, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And look, before we get started, can you let the people know where they can find you on social media and the internet? It's everything CEO929, Instagram CEO929, Facebook, YouTube, everything. For sure, for sure. And, you know, before we get started, man, I saw that on your website, CEO929.com. What's the significance of the 929? So that's my date of birth. And CEO just stands for Chief Executive Officer. And I just felt like you the CEO of your life. So um, that's how I came up with it. For sure, for sure, man. So, you know, let's just kind of take it from the top, man, and talk a little bit about, you know, where you from and where you grew up. I'm from Washington, D.C., man. I grew up in Southeast D.C. as well as PG County, Maryland. Um, I've been around the Beltway, uh, 495 Beltway all my life. I never moved outside of the D.C. area. And, man, uh, you know, I love D.C., man. For sure. And so, you know, how would you say that growing up in D.C. kind of impacted your outlook on life and success? You know, growing up in D.C. in the early 90s, I was born in 88. I got a chance to see a lot, right? A lot of what not to do, as well as some good stuff, too. Um, growing up, we used to walk to school. And back in the day, heroin was a really big thing. And uh, we couldn't even play outside, man. It was needles on the ground, um, fiends in the alley having sex, all that crazy stuff. So it really humbled me. Um, it showed me that you should appreciate life, seeing people get shot in the face, shot in the head, all of that good stuff that prepared me to, to as I got older, like, yo, you don't want to walk down that path. For sure. And so, you know, the kind of growing up in that environment and seeing the things that you saw, do you think it, it made you fearless when it came to business and, and starting things and kind of stepping out on your own and doing your, taking your own path? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it made me to the point where I wasn't afraid to take risks. Right. Because what could go wrong? You know what I mean? Like all my friends, you know, we grew up on um, stole cars, all that, you know, and then you as you get older, you got to ask yourself what path you want um, to take to kind of like go into your 20s and your 30s. And for me, it was entrepreneurship. Um, I, I loved it. I had a job, you know, um, um, I had a job at 16 working at McDonald's, delivering pieces. Man, I hustled to the point where I paid for my own graduation. Uh, I, I was missing some credits, bro, so I kind of like fell uh, English. And then, you know, the state of Maryland, you have to pass English to graduate. No exceptions. I had the credits, but I didn't have the core credits. So I ended up paying 600 class for night school to pass two English classes, uh, 10th and 11th. And uh, by the time I got to the end of my year, I graduated. And uh, I went straight to working, bro. Went straight to working. That's what's up, man. So it sounds like, you know, you always had that ambition and that drive and like that hunger to be better and to look for more. Yeah, I sure did, man. Uh, you know, my granddad, shout out to my granddad, rest in peace. He's dead and gone. But he kind of like let me go with him on the weekends to kind of experience that working, like manual labor, working, tearing down houses, demo houses, putting down concrete, uh, just working hard for your money, just doing it the right way. For sure, for sure. And so, you know, let's just kind of jump into some of the businesses that you have today. You know, like I mentioned earlier, you're the founder of four businesses, Antoine Campbell Enterprise, Antoine Campbell University, 
prospectvote.io and, and econ plug so you know can you just talk a little bit more about the different companies that you created and the idea and the vision behind them yeah so i start with uh antoine campbell enterprise uh that's one of my main companies that own a lot of other small companies um and what we do is we uh take care of a lot of customers we do a lot of high level consulting we come in and analyze people's businesses we help them build uh um you know different spreadsheets and things of that sort um and, and within the antoine campbell enterprise we have a, a outsourcing agency. So we have a VA recruitment company that help entrepreneurs hire uh, quality people for low rates. So um, we get you VAs from the Philippines around $4 an hour. So if you're an online entrepreneur and you need help with like marketing, um, you know, editing for your podcast, um, um, spreadsheet generation, lead generation, we got a call prospects, things of that sort. That's what we do within the Antoine Campbell Enterprise. The Antoine Campbell University is a complementary to that. So uh, we literally do all of the training. So like I said, we have trainers teaching people sales skills, marketing skills, how to scale their business. And that's what the Antoine Campbell University is. Live webinars, live workshops, um, really hands-on type of uh, learning. And then Prospect Vote. Prospect Vote is once again the complementary business to all the other two businesses. It's a software where you can host your funnels, you can build your funnels, your websites, you can do all your text mesh marketing, you can um, have the CRM to manage all your prospects, your clients, uh, you can uh, book people on your calendar. It's so much. Any any other software that has an API integration, you can pretty much integrate with Prospect Vote. Man, that's incredible. So, you know, how would you say that you got started in this industry, man? It seems like you're very, like, tech-focused, very tech-driven. How did you get started in this and, like, what what sparked that interest in it? So, so I originally, like, once I came out of high school, right, bro, I, I created a few other companies, a fundraiser business. I didn't want to proceed with that because the partnership, I, the partner I had and the partnership I created with someone, I didn't feel like they was ready for that. So I ended ended that partnership. I ended up starting a, a tag and title agency out here in Maryland where um, it's a satellite office to the DMV. Instead of going into the DMV, picking up the tags and waiting two, three hours, I'm not sure where, where you from, bro. North Carolina. Yeah, so instead of, well, North Carolina might not be that busy, but instead of going to the DMV, picking up, you know, your tags and waiting two, three hours, you come to my office, I have the tags for you, boom. Um, and then once I got out of that business, I looked at my wife and said, yo, like, I'm not happy in this business. I'm working seven days a week, 12 hours a day. You know, this is not fulfilling me. The money is great, but it's not fulfilling me, right? So I took all of our savings and we went over to the real estate investment side of things. And we started a, a fix and flip company. Then we started wholesaling. Then we started virtually wholesaling. Long story short, we uh, we uh, came up, we created a meetup and then we started helping so many people. And then that's how we created the VA company. And the next thing you know, that's how we created our training business because so many people need their education and training. And then I said a little last year, I really started to diversify my business holdings to other things that complemented my business. So that's where we came up with the prospect vote and a really high level training and consulting. And, and when you look at businesses, like it's not like we don't know what we want to do or what we're trying to accomplish or we are all over the place. We are creating businesses that complement our other businesses. Um, and that's what we've known for the last, you know, 24 months is just building businesses that's complementing the current issue we're serving. Man, that's incredible. And it, it just seems like you really found a formula in a way to vertically integrate all of your companies, like you said, so they can complement each other. Um, you know, and, it, and it, it takes people a while to figure out something like that. So, you know, how would you, what would you credit your business acumen to? Like, like, 
what would you say kind of taught you about business and to let you know like hey man this is how we need to stack our companies to to make sure that they integrate well with each other man bro like um believe it or not when i was getting dressed for school in the morning i was the kid that was watching the bloomberg channel so i was just listening to these ceos and these executives talk and one thing i noticed is their parent company always was looking for other companies to help out the main companies um, even when I worked at the uh, hotel business, when I graduated high school and went down to the Galo, I worked in a banquet. And um, coincidentally, most of the people who rent these events and banquet spaces are big Fortune 500 companies, and they have their annual meetings here at these hotels. And I was the guy in the back. Uh, I used to be in the banquet department uh, bringing the food out, but we had to you know, clean the tables and stuff. And then IBM and Cisco and Costco's and Sam's Club, all these big companies, they would leave these books behind, bro, like, teaching you all the different plays and what they're doing. And I just go home um, after I put my son to bed um, um, and just study these books. And literally it gave me the mindset that, yo, like business is a very complex thing. And that if you create a problem, if you, if you look at the marketplace problem and you create a solution to that problem, price is never an objection. So once I figured that out, man, that's when I started creating solutions. I said, you know what? I'm not creating businesses. I'm creating solutions to what people need and want. For sure, man. And I think that's an incredible way to uh, outlook to have on, on life, man. Just figuring out the problems that people have and figuring out how to help solve, you know, solve those problems for them. But, um, you know, a question that I want to ask you, you know, you've been in the in this industry for over 20 years, over two decades, and you've helped, you know, several businesses as a business consultant. What would you say are like some of the common problems or mistakes that you see new and up and coming business owners make? The main thing is they don't want to invest in their sales and their business. They think that the business is just like a, 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 a way to milk and they don't want to put the money back into the business. Another big thing is they don't want to uh, invest in quality people. They don't want to hire. They don't want to pay top dollar for you know good people to come in that can change their business. And lastly, they don't want to educate themselves. They don't want to go out and hit the road and go to a workshop. Like I'm going to Atlanta, Georgia, um, April. And I'm, for two days, I'm learning how to master creating better products, digital products, and how to fulfill and give them to my customers. And why am I going there? Because even though I'm going to learn something for the two days, I'm a network and I'm going to let people know what I do. And hopefully I walk away with some business. So I think that, you know, people don't want to network. They don't want to pay people and they don't want to put their heads in the books to study and perfect what they already know. Now nah, that's incredible, man. And I think that's just some great advice. Like you definitely draw some gems, but you know, what you have in these, you know, four successful business businesses and then to still hear you say, man, I'm still going to a conference in Atlanta. Um, still, you know, want to learn like what what gives you that drive and makes you want to stay hungry and keep learning and keep perfecting your craft. Man, I tell people like this, uh, there's somebody, there's some kid out there in his parents garage working on the next big thing and he's willing to outwork you. And so my attitude is no matter what my bank account reflects and how much success that we accomplished, there's still more work to do because somebody's going to outwork you. If you look at some of the biggest companies, you know, if you look at like Blockbuster who laughed at uh, Redbox and you, you look at all these big retail companies who laughed at Amazon, ask me where they at right now. So my attitude is like, there's always a possibility somebody can take you out. So you got to be competitive. You got to understand the market trends. You got to understand how to take your business to the next level. And the only way to do that is to get out there and see what's new and what's changing. For sure. And so, you know, when you were, first getting started with your companies or or even the ones prior to the ones that you have now what would you say was like the first big investment that you made back into the company or back into yourself what would you say is like that biggest investment that you can remember 
like my most biggest investment starting out is just spending a thousand dollars on a workshop, right? And not understanding, you know, how to take advantage of it. Now, most workshops fail for most people, bro, is one simple reason. They don't write down their problems that they willing they need to be solved before they go to the workshop. And then when they get in front of a coach or a speaker, or they finally get in front of somebody that can give them the information they need, they don't know the right questions to ask them. For sure. And so, you know, when you made that first investment, man, uh, you know, purchasing that workshop, what was that moment like for you? What emotions were running through you? Like, were you nervous? Were you, did man, you think I, it was a fluke? What'd you think? I was, I was nervous, but you, I, I told myself no matter what, if I just learned one thing is worth the investment. And so now I, I go into these things and every day I'm buying courses, products, subscriptions to something, because my thing is if this one thing, small thing can, can, can take my business to, uh, you know, extra 10, 15%. What would that do for my company? So um, I look at things based on what are the exact things. So when I when I look to go find something, like maybe I'm struggling with building funnels, I'm going to go find somebody. only thing he knows is how to build funnels, how to put them together, and how to get them to convert. I don't want him to show me anything else about sales. And then I'm going to go pay him his rightful earned money. I'm going to learn it. And if it takes me a while to sit in my office late at night because I got too much going on, I'm going to watch that course and I'm going to learn it. I'm going to take down these notes. Right. I always keep a notebook. The best investment you can make is a, a, a 197 notebook from Walmart. And you just write your notes down and then you go through your notes and make sure that you implement the notes that you learn. Man, that's incredible. Uh, incredible piece of advice, man. And, um, you know, when I was doing my research on you, something interesting that I saw was that, you know, you talk a lot about or you talk about automated businesses. So. You know, I want to ask you, what is an automated business and what would you say are some of the benefits of having an automated business? So an automated business is right. Instead of you trying to come in and learn the, the uh, hard and soft skills it takes to run a business and try to learn all the back end stuff. And, you know, there's an 80 percent chance you may fail in doing all of that. Right. So an automated business is nothing more than a done for you type of setup business where someone is willing to manage that business for you for upfront fee and some type of back-end split. And, and all you got to do is become what we call a passive partner. You bring something to the table and most of the time it's money, right? Um, so I think that, you know, automated businesses will take off in the, in the near future where more businesses will be a done for you type of thing. And uh, because look at it like this, bro, right? The one, the, I, I cracked the code last year with it when I was giving training and selling products to people. And no matter what, they always found a way to complain about the process. And what I was, what I realized is that I'm just selling just a piece to that puzzle. And then you're telling them, hey, go solve the rest of the puzzle to yourself. But then I say, yo, what if I give these people the, the entire puzzle already done and all they got to do is hang it up on the wall and just thread it? That'll be a better process than you go to him and me and her and over there and you put all these pieces together and you still can't figure it out and you're upset you spent all this money. So for me, like we're really going deep with, you know, that automated business model where we're looking at a whole bunch of different online business models where we're going to uh, um, take it, scale it. And um, some of the businesses where you got to start up and it, it's just an investment, then we scale it for you. Some of the business you can come in already and it got monthly recurring revenue. It already got revenue and you just basically buying it to a piece of the business that's already doing well. For sure, man. And, and how was that response? How was that reception once Crazy. you started? Yeah, once you started offering that entire, uh, you know, business as a whole and kind of explaining it that way. How, how did people receive that? 
man, crazy. So far, I took hundreds of sales calls, uh, especially in the um, um, econ business that I'm doing currently. I really want to be hands-on. I really kind of put a lot of the other businesses, not on pause, but I let some of my um, top-tier employees really be hands-on and running for me while I step away to grow and scale this econ business. And the one thing I learned is people got money. It's two things that they want some insurance on. They want to know that this concept is proven and they want to know that you, you're you confident that even if it don't work, you're willing to go just as hard for them to recoup the money they're giving you. And um, when I learned that and I started studying it, I realized like people, they have access to a lot of capital and they're just looking for something where they don't even, they're not even trying to be a millionaire to be rich. They just want something to pay their bills. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, with, with you wearing multiple hats, man, and running these four businesses, which one, I know this might be a tough question, but like which business would you say, I guess, resonates with you the most or, or might be your favorite or or like the kind of special one to you or do you see all of them on the same same scale, same level? Every business serves purpose, but so far, I'm loving this econ business. It's, it's a different thing. I love building stuff from scratch and watching it grow. And the challenges to come with it, like a lot of the stuff we're doing in the econ business, it's not even a standard here in the industry. So as we go against the grain and try to elevate and re reframe what an econ business or automation service is, um, you know, we're going to run across some bumps in the road. I'm cool with that. But most importantly, the, the, the partner and the client gets a, a fabulous service that they can work with us years to come. For sure, man. And one thing like doing this interview right now is getting me energized because I can I can tell for one, you like to figure things out yourself. You mentioned earlier, like put the puzzle pieces together and I could tell you like to solve puzzles. And then two is like I could tell you're not afraid of that hard work, you know, and it's um it's a uh, like contagious, you know, like like the, the energy right. and the vibe you're giving off right now is contagious. Yeah, I, I like working hard, man. I don't want to wait for no work. I know like most people out here, they, they get they get pumped up about the thought of starting a business or thought of making a million dollars. And then when it comes down to performing and doing the work, they flatline. And, you know, that's something that we no one can teach you. No coach, nobody can kind of put that in you. If it ain't in you, it ain't in you, honestly. For sure, man, for sure. And so, you know, another interesting fact that I wanted to point out, too, is that, you know, you're a real estate investor as well as a business owner. So, you know, what would you say is the importance of having like multiple streams of income and then what led you to create, you know, multiple revenue streams for yourself? So um, multiple streams of income at first it was a luxury. And then like now these days, man, you got to have bread coming in from all different places, because if your main hustle or your side hustle go down, everything stops. So one of the things as me been working for myself since 2013, I realized it's a marathon. And you got to, you know, the landlord don't want to hear you ain't got it this month. There's no unemployment to go run back to. Like, everything is all on you. So I just tell people, yo, if you can create multiple businesses and you don't have to create businesses in different niches, you can create multiple businesses running the same vertical and do just as well by providing services. Like, I made my most money in service-based businesses. Most service-based businesses, you just need a good website, good reputation, and a service and you can make you know a ton of money like unlike real estate real estate i kind of like you know not fall back but i kind of like really step back and thought about it and say why would i work hard for eight months just to make twenty thousand dollars flipping a house when i can have my online businesses do that in a week so um you just got to think about what makes sense for you um and uh once you figure out what makes sense for you come up with a game plan to dominate and execute for sure for sure 
and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I um, see you know you're a podcaster, and that you're the host of Nothing But Nuggets and the Entrepreneur Tool Belt. So you know, what would you say? What would you say are some of the benefits that you've seen from, uh, you know, hosting these different podcasts and, and just being able to get your message across? Man, first of all, getting your message across, building your brand. I think everybody should own some type of podcast, some type of media outlet, right? I just think that it's a great asset to have. Five relationships. Um, the people I interview on my podcast, we always try to cultivate a relationship with them, even inviting them to an event that I'm hosting or or doing a webinar together. If they have a product, um, I can use my email list to uh, bring a webinar and then get a back-end split. So I always tell people, like, you know, relationships is your biggest assets. You can really make a ton of money with good quality relationships. Um, so, but yeah, I think that uh, um, just just having a podcast is, to me, is a good quality thing. And as you see, I got two different podcasts and they serve two different purposes. Um, but I love doing podcasts. For sure. For sure. I mean, you know, you've been an entrepreneur for more than two decades, you know, like we mentioned earlier. So, you know, is that an interest that you've had since the beginning or is it something that kind of developed over time to want to be an entrepreneur? You know, I'm a third generation entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. My daddy entrepreneur. It was natural for me to uh, be an entrepreneur. I, I watched my father struggle. He got it. He got his first business off the ground in 97, 1997. And um, um, I watched him take different odd jobs, tow truck jobs, um, repo repossession, people shooting at him. Like, and I told myself, like, I don't want that for myself. I want stability, right? And uh, when I seen how he went from struggling to as he got that stability, and then next thing you know, he's behind cool vets and stuff. You know, sometimes that material stuff kind of put that battery in your back to want to do certain things, honestly. And so, you know, I say, yo, I, I want to be an entrepreneur. When I first came out of high school, I wanted to be a real estate investor. But the only thing I knew was, you know, you got to be a relative to invest. So, you know, unfortunately, fortunately for me, it was a good thing. The real estate market crashed in 2008. I graduated in 2007. And um, when I went to go get my license, uh, at the time, my father went through a financial hardship because of the 2007 market crash. He lost the house. Um, and next thing you know, he's licking his wounds. And the one thing I learned, and I tell people, your biggest teacher sometimes is watching people and looking at their bad moves they did and then taking notes on what not to do. And I say, yo, I'm going to diversify my business holdings, just like how people on the Bloomberg channel talk about diversify and their stock portfolio. Why shouldn't an entrepreneur have the common sense to say, yo, if a, if a stock investor is smart enough to diversify their holdings, not to lose all their money, why shouldn't an entrepreneur diversify and own multiple businesses so they don't lose all their money? Um, and ever since then, man, I've just been pushing the chug and trying to get to my goals. For sure, man, for sure. And I know a little earlier you 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 hit, you hit on that you watched Bloomberg, you know, as a child growing up, and you talk a little bit about stocks now, man. So, um and I know you do financial literacy and, and, and help teach financial literacy to kids. So what would you say is just the importance of, if not even investing in stocks, but just learning about it and, and getting familiar with the concept of, of the stock market? Yeah, I don't own one stock, right? I, I believe in just owning businesses, right? Like the, the thought of, uh, of a, a, a president or a dictator or, you know, war or anything coming about and it, it makes this market tank or move or swing and, that's not my style, right? I like stability. Um, but, you know, just teaching people financial literacy, like, like if I would have known what I know now about credit 
and how to leverage credit and how to go to the Navy Federal and get loans and get business loans and how you can, you know, have, you know, 10 different American Express cards um, with $50,000 limits and, you know, they give you as much credit as you want. And if I would have known some of that stuff, I wouldn't have struggled so early in my entrepreneurial career because I would have had the capital to scale and grow, you know. Um, so I just think that I just think that everybody should understand financial literacy. I think everybody should understand what a credit score is, what a credit report is. I think everybody should understand how to use debt in the right way. And I think everybody should just uh, have long-term goals where they, you know, have some type of ownership in a business. It, it, you might not be the day-to-day -day operator, but like I said, you can become the passive investor. Who's going to pay for that? Maybe swipe your American Express card. Maybe go to Navy Federal and get a, I just hope one of my partners get a $25,000 loan to rearrange debt. So you just don't know what you don't know. And that's why it's important to educate yourself. You know, listen to podcasts, um, buy the eBooks. Now we at a point in society where you can buy an $18 or $27 eBook from someone who's teaching information. And that eBook is packed with just as much information as a 300 page college book. For sure, for sure. I mean, and you know, an important thing about the companies that you run is that you provide business owners with a team. So, you know, what would you say is the importance of having a team and how did you focus on building yours? Man, having a team is everything because at the end of the day, you only could do so much. You only got 24 hours. You only got two hands, two sets of eyes and one brain. So to, to be able to hire people and to take your ideas and accelerate them by bringing in quality people, it's an amazing tool once you understand it. So when I started building my team, I built my team because I knew for a fact um, I couldn't um, do everything by myself. Now in the real estate world, um, especially wholesaling real estate, that's a lot of people that preach, you don't need a team, you can do it by yourself, roll your sleeves up. But most of these people, they're not real legitimate entrepreneurs. They just people that maybe caught a wave, that maybe is good at a few things, but they don't know what it really takes to go and scale a business. So um, I think that everybody, if you have the money, listen, if you can't afford a $4 hour VA, you should reconsider working for yourself. So a $4 hour VA, most of my business, all my businesses around with VA, I have no American employees. So a $4 hour VA probably will set you back. I usually have part-time VAs, um, maybe 20 hours a week, maybe $80 a week for one person. So imagine if you can take it, let's say for example, you got a $300 a week budget. Um, if you can take $300 and divide it by 80, whatever that number is, that gets you three to four good quality employees that can come in and change your business to the point where you can buy back maybe $120 worth of productivity and you can just be the person that think and innovate and grow your business instead of rolling your sleeves up and working hard at your business. For sure, man. And that's just another, another gem and another piece of great advice. So, you know, what would you say are like some of the things that motivate you and inspire you to to just keep going and not quit, man? Who would you say are some of your your inspirations? Man, my my immediate family, man, my, my two boys. Shout out to them, Jaden and Antoine Jr. and my lovely wife. Right? She's she's a strong lifetime partner that I'm so you know fortunate and luckily to have. So, you know, that that motivates me to the point that if you ever think about it, like, yo, what happens if you can't provide for your children or you, you can't do the basic things for them, such as buy them shoes and clothes or put them on the train and take them to Disney World? Like, to me, that's heartbreaking because that's the basic minimal things you should be able to do as a man or, or a woman, whoever listens to the podcast. And I think that they really encouraged me and they really, you know, cheer me on. They're my biggest cheerleaders. And 
if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't be as motivated because as you start to make money, you know, that money makes you a little complacent if you don't have a bigger goal. So if you don't have nothing to take care of or nobody to help out and you got enough yourself, that's when you see a production going down because you don't have no urgency. How do you define success as an entrepreneur? Um, I don't think success is, is, is driven from a money perspective. I think success as an entrepreneur is being able to accomplish your goals in a consistent manner and being able to outthink and, 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 and really elevate whatever you got going on. To me, that's success, right? Um, when you look at some of the biggest entrepreneurs, the Vanderbilts, the Rockefellers, they was known for innovation. They was known for taking something that people say, nah, you can't do that and going against the grain and, and reinventing the way people think and do business. And to me, that's ultimately what success is. So what would you say is the most important reason for your success? Um, the most important reason for my success, honestly, I think is discipline, right? Like I reinvented myself a few times, right? And I was selling tags and I was really focused on real estate. Then I really became the guy that's helping entrepreneurs. And, and along the way, there have been struggles, right? But at the end of the day, the plan never changed. Staying an entrepreneur, making great money, um, keeping a roof for my family here, and uh, just staying relevant to the point that people need me, right? You always got to provide a service to people to the point that they need you. For sure, for sure. And so, you know, how would you like for people to remember you and your companies? Man, I just want people to say, yo, that, that guy and his company helped help my business. If it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be in business today. If it wasn't for him, I probably couldn't afford the education that he's given out because the next man's charging three times more than that. What does the future of the Antoine Campbell conglomerate look like to you? Man, for real, for real, my uh, Antoine Campbell uh, starting up 929 Capital, um, owning hotels and resorts, um, um, maybe taking on a few um, investors, creating partners. In fact, the plan is all of my econ partnerships is to ultimately turn into long-term investors where they invest in projects, you know, hotels and resorts and things of that sort. And um, just buying businesses, um, you know, when I looked at people who made real money and entrepreneurship, it was taking a business, making it sellable and literally selling it, right? Um, selling it, whether you sell a majority of it, you selling a percentage of it, um, that's one of the biggest things. And then taking the Antoine and Campbell Enterprise, maybe public one day. Um, that's that that'll be a great thing to do to ring the bell at the stock market. That's incredible, man. Antoine, thank you so much for your time today, brother. I definitely learned a lot from you. But before I let you go, at the end of every podcast, we like to play a rapid fire question game where I ask you three questions. So, you know, if you're willing to play, I'll go ahead and ask. Sure, come on. Question number one, where's your favorite place to travel? Uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. Why? Beautiful, man. And I got plenty of family down there. And they don't have state uh, uh, taxes, so I'm looking to move there. For sure. All right, question number two. What song represents your life the most? Man, 50 Cent, Hustle Ambition. That's all right. All right, look, final question. What's an amazing thing that you did that no one was around to see? Man, uh, I've done so much stuff. Uh I let I let these boys in my uh in one of my events. They young, hungry guys. They didn't really have much. They told me they had no bread. Let them in my event, and now they're doing you know hundred thousand dollars a month in real estate wholesale. That's crazy, Antoine. Man, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for the game. Man, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for having me on.